you for joining me for another Sunday Afternoons with Reverend Lucretia. I'm so glad you're here. And so the name of today's talk is Allow Your Body to Be. And the song is Let It Be by the Beatles. If you would like to listen to the song before you hear the talk, just go ahead and click on the link. It will be down below in the description. So we're going to be talking about what if the best way to take care of your body is to support it, encourage it, nurture it, and just let it be. We tend to push ourselves way too hard, and we tend to be in control all of the time. What if we remember that our body is a temple of God? And what if we learn how to trust ourselves more, our intuition, our body, and God? What if we had some humility and understand it's not up to us to force solutions all the time? We're going to be talking about ways to care for our body. We will have a really wonderful hero story as well. Always remembering that it's not about what we do. It's about who we are. So before we go any further, let's just go ahead and review the lyrics to this song. Again, it is Let It Be by the Beatles, and it says, When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And when the brokenhearted people living in the world agree there will be an answer, let it be. And when the night is cloudy, there is still a light that shines on me, shining until tomorrow. Let it be. So we're going to start with our hero story. Uh, the woman's name is Elisa Orris, and she had a talk called Trust Your Body, Listen to Your Intuition. And she has a website which is called Follow the Intuition. She is an eating disorder recovery coach. She is certified life coach, certified in neuro-linguistic programming, in rapid transformational therapy, as well as eating disorder intuitive therapy. So she's been recovered for over seven years from bulimia, orthorexia, over-exercising, extreme dieting. She is author of Brainwashed, diet-induced eating disorder, how you get sucked in, and how to recover. And just so you know, orthorexia is people who are obsessed with eating only certain kinds of food. So in her case, she had a very, very limited diet. It was just organic, fresh foods that she allowed herself to eat. She worked for several years to get into recovery. She said she tried to let go of unhealthy beliefs and eating patterns. It was a long and hard process. She had multiple attempts and failures, and every time she had an immense sense of guilt and shame. She said to herself, you should try harder. You are a failure. She blamed herself. She thought she had lack of willpower, and she was out of control and miserable. It was just like the words that you hear from any other addict out there. She finally understood that she came to trust her body and that the mindset of dieting was what was actually getting in the way and it was unhealthy for her. And by controlling and restricting her foods, it made her want them even more. And then she started this very unhealthy cycle of binging and purging. She understood that she couldn't do that anymore. And she started to listen to her body and start to trust her body and to not restrict her foods. She stopped binge eating and overeating. She recovered, she said, once I stopped fighting my body. 
I never thought that I would be able to eat when I was hungry and stop when I was full. I never thought that would be possible, but she finally came to a place where it was. She says she's now trusting her body and she eats when she's hungry and she stops eating when she's full. She has lost her cravings. Uh, food is no longer an obsession. She used to spend all of her day worried about what she was going to eat and when she was going to eat and how she was going to prepare it and wanting all these foods that she wasn't allowed to have. She says when the body is nourished, it gets to eat what it wants to every day without guilt and shame. That is when you are on the pathway to being healthy. She says your mind becomes free. You eat more balanced meals and you maintain a healthy weight. She's now eating what I want when I want and I'm not restricting and controlling and having constant cravings and doing that horrible cycle of binging and purging. She said what happened was she came to understand the difference between allowing and controlling, controlling versus letting go. Intuitive eating is what she does now. She had to retrain her brain and she had to do unbrainwashing. She is now, the voice inside of her now is compassionate and non-judgmental. The goal is to start listening and trusting your body, she says. She says, we learn to live too much in our heads. We don't listen to our body. We need to listen to not only our body, but also our heart. You need to learn to trust your own advice. She says, we don't do this because we get into this rut of overthinking and then getting into panic when we don't know what to do. She said, you already have so much wisdom inside you. Beware of self-talk that is negative. Start to tell yourself, I can trust myself, follow my own intuition, trust my own advice. She says, meditation is the key to listening to yourself and stopping the overthinking. After meditation, you can journal down your thoughts. What is your body telling you? Is it telling you to eat? Is it telling you to sleep? You start to build trust with your body. You start to understand that there is a loving, pure voice that is free of judgment, supportive, encouraging, compassionate, and kind. And that is the one true voice. If you go to her website, there are testimonials. You can watch videos of many, many women and men who have recovered, um, who had a long, long struggle with bulimia and anorexia and were able to come to a place where they are healthy now. And so uh, I encourage you to go to her website to visit that. I will put the links in the description below. So I'm going to talk about some things that we can do every single day to support ourselves so that we can have healthy bodies that are functioning in the way that we most want them to. So we're going to learn from the words of Chris Wilson. She, he is a personal trainer and a fitness guru. Um, he says that we take our, our bodies for granted way too much, that we tend to push them too hard, that we neglect them or we abuse them. Life is a series of choices. And when you make better choices about your lifestyle, your body will improve. We get caught up in the things that we have to do all of the time and we devote time and energy into the tasks and accomplishments in everything from everybody else and also for ourselves but we don't take any time to worry about our physical bodies and how we're doing uh, so he says you need to care more about your personal health and well-being and he suggests five things that we can do so that we can stay healthy and the first is breathe and that's not a surprise at all most times he says we breathe too shallow we need to work on having deep breathing long breaths hold it in long inhale and exhale it will improve the mind and the body and your energy you will have more clarity you will de-stress this is helpful in dealing with anxiety breathe into your belly fill your lungs as much as possible. He says, it all starts with breath, no breath, no life. And as you know, it all starts in Genesis where God created man and he breathed life into him. 
And I can tell you from personal experience that when I get very, very anxious about something, when I can feel my heart starting to race, I've learned how to do this yoga breathing, particularly in doctor's offices, as happens to me. I learn how to do this yoga breathing where I breathe in and I hold and I breathe out. And what I found is that it is actually remarkably easy to get your body back to a normal homeostasis where you can slow your breath down and you can slow your heart rate down and you can make yourself feel calm and subdued again. And so it really is about your breath. Number two is sleep. So we are robbing ourselves of sleep. When you rob yourself, you are robbing yourself of repair and recovery time. You should start going to bed earlier to unplug. So don't just go to bed when you think you want to go to sleep. Go to bed earlier than that and start a whole process of unplugging. Set an intention to go to sleep. Read, listen to some music, quiet your minds. You can do some journaling. You need to break away from the stresses of the day and you need to relax relax naturally before you anticipate that the sleep will come. He said most people try to get between six and eight hours a day, but he actually recommends that seven to nine is the goal. Seven to nine hours is what we should be shooting for. So the third is hydration. And this again is no surprise at all. Uh, it's really basic. Statistics show that 80 to 90% of Americans are walking around dehydrated and don't even know it. And so we need to be more mindful, but it's not just about drinking more water. It's about paying attention to the other things that we drink because coffee and other caffeinated drinks, they tend to make us uh, dried up inside. And so they are they have a dehydrating effect. Alcohol as well will be dehydrating. He says, as soon as you wake up before you do anything else, you should have a glass of water just to get all your organs started to get the machine running the way it's supposed to be running. And he said, aside from breathing, it's the most important thing that we can do to take care of ourselves. It increases blood volume, cognitive function, your energy uh, metabolism will go up, your energy level will go up, your fat metabolism will be improved. Don't replace it with other drinks. So sometimes people think, well, I'm drinking a lot of juice or I drink a lot of, you know, teas, uh, herbal teas without caffeine. And so that's good. But what he's saying is no, the fact is that there are results and benefits that you get from drinking water that you won't get from drinking anything else. So number four is food. So eating more clean. So whole foods instead of processed foods. And he says the way to tell if it's a good food for you is the foods that spoil the fastest are the ones that are the best for you. So when you go into the store, look for the foods that spoil the fastest, the natural ones, the fruits, the veggies, all of that. He said start evaluating how much you are relying on artificial, overly processed foods. And you'll probably be amazed when you start actually paying attention to it. And then I'm just throwing in sugar because there's been some much evidence of how bad sugar is for you. So number five is movement. Uh, more stimulate the muscles, the more your body will start to feel good. You'll get your body moving. He said to move it in lots of different directions, more dynamic movement to offset the sedentary living that we do. Try different activities. So if you've gotten into a rut of just walking all the time or doing certain exercises in the gym, try to change it up so that you're actually using more muscle families than you normally do. Um, I recently have found out about chair yoga. You can just Google chair yoga. There's actually on TikTok a chair yoga woman that I I highly recommend. And so chair yoga is a way when you're just sitting at your desk that you can do things to, to make the blood start flowing again. So uh, bring your body back into balance, replace the bad habits with the good habits. You will start breathing better and focus on the foundation of life, he says. So it's very important that we have balance. 
So Jay Shetty, you've heard me talk about him so much. He's a former monk. He's also an entrepreneur, a writer, a coach, and a podcaster. And he says that we're more careful about charging our phones than we are about recharging ourselves. He says, let's just assume that you're waking up. Sometimes you don't get a good night's sleep and sometimes things stop you from being able to get the amount of sleep that you normally need. But let's just assume that you get a full night's sleep and you're waking up with 100% capacity. So... 80% of the people, according to statistics, check their phone before they even brush their teeth. And all of that reacting to all of the incoming stimuli from messages and from social media takes away 10% of your energy. So you're getting ready, you're commuting, you're working all day, you're going to meetings, maybe you're not actually going out of the house, but you're still doing activities. You may have projects at home that you're working in. You're putting in a full day of activity, accomplishing things. And at the end of that period of time, you're gonna have 40% capacity. When you get home, you're gonna do chores. You might have to feed your animals. You uh, you might've taken some time to do traveling and that may have taken some of your uh, energy away. You have responsibilities and you're now 10% less than you were before, so you're now at 20% capacity. So do we even pay attention to that? Our phones give us a warning when we're at 20% capacity, but our bodies, we just don't pay attention. He said there are signs from your bodies, your minds and your brains, but you're not listening to them. So you need to make a very cognitive choice to go ahead and pay attention to your body. The best way, he says, to recharge your body is exercise. So CNN Research says that 30 to 40 minutes, four to five times a week is what you need. You will be able to have increased serotonin, improved happiness and well-being from that amount of work. He talks also about meditation. What is working out does for your body, the meditation does for your brain. It gives you downtime physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Your entire nervous system is improved. You have a reduced production of cortisol. And as you know, cortisol is the stress hormone. So you want to get that down as much as you can. And again, he reports that 35% of the Americans are not getting the recommended amount of sleep that they need. But what I found most interesting for all of this is that the most important thing for your well-being, according to a 75-year study done by Harvard, shows that the real meaning in life comes from connection. So from relationships, interactions with depth, fulfilling, filled with joy. Make time for deep, meaningful interactions every single day. That is the best way to recharge your battery. What if we charged ourselves as much as we recharged our phones? Something to think about. So um, there's another coach that I pay attention to quite a bit, and his name is Johannes Eisenberger, and he talks about the fact that sometimes we push ourselves to exhaustion, and obviously that's just not good for your body. Often we set goals, we're stretching ourselves and tell ourselves, I just need to make sure that I finish this before I take a rest. Even though we're feeling really tired and overwhelmed, we don't listen to our bodies, we just keep pushing ourselves until we're exhausted. He said, one of my teachers told me, if you're in a rush, go slowly. We have the illusion that we must push harder and harder to reach the goal. And society often reinforces that by saying no pain, no gain. But the reality is if you don't push yourself so hard and if you slow down, you will really be able to focus better. You don't really win if we tear down our minds, our bodies, and our spirit. He says nobody is served if we are burned out, not our business, not our clients, not our family or our friends. 
So he says, sometimes we have a pattern of pushing ourselves to the brink of exhaustion because we don't know, our, we're not able to tune into our bodies because of the trauma response. Remember, we had a talk a little while ago about Mast and Kip, and he talked all the time about if you've gone through trauma, if you have PTSD or any severe anxiety disorders, you're not going to be able to feel the messages your body is telling you. So it, it's something you have to work even harder at to understand when your body is telling you to stop, you need to stop. Our job is to listen to our bodies more and place a high priority on taking care of ourselves. Particularly if you are wanting to be creative, you need to relax and let go and slow down. Creativity comes from a place of trust. The Lord is my shepherd. So remember that. Remember that God is in charge. Remember I talked a little bit about trusting God more and trusting your intuition. Get to a place of knowing that all is in order. God is in charge of all of the details. Tap into that deep inner knowing that no matter what, you are taken care of. From that place of knowing and trust comes the ability to create. If I meet this deadline or not, I'm fine. If I make this money or not, I'm fine. If I create this thing or not, I'm fine. You have to come from a place of trust before you're going to be able to create. From there, you can create from a totally different attitude. Most important thing is how you treat yourself with regard to being able to be creative. Take care of yourself, shift gears, give yourself rest and achieve more, and you'll be more focused after you take care of yourself. So let's talk a little bit about scripture. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Psalm 139.14, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. Romans 12.1, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So in other words, to spiritually worship, present your bodies as being well taken care of. Uh, Proverbs 14.30, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. And that's just talking about the fact that when your heart is in the right place and when you're in tune spiritually, your body is also taken care of. Ecclesiastes 11.10, so then banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body for youth and vigor are meaningless. And Matthew 6.25, we all know this. It goes on for several different verses, but I'm just going to summarize it by saying, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. So again, come to a place of trust and understanding. Be able to listen to your body and listen to your intuition and trust that God is in charge. So metaphysically, the definition of body is the outer expression of consciousness, the precipitation of the thinking part of man. God created the idea of the body of man as a self-perpetuating, self-renewing organism, which man reconstructs into his personal body. As God created man in his image and his likeness by the power of his word, so man, as God's image and likeness, projects his body by that same power. Man is threefold being, spirit, soul, and body. The body body is the projection of the soul on the material plane. It expresses the ideas and states of consciousness of the soul embodied in it. 
So Myrtle Fillmore in 1936, she wrote the letters of Myrtle and she has a chapter in there on understanding your body and she reminds us that Jesus says in Matthew 5:48, "Ye therefore shall be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect." Unity says, God in the midst of you is mighty to quicken, to cleanse, to heal, to restore, to wholeness, to prosper. Look within yourself to the Christ mind for the light that will flood your soul and enable you to see yourself and your affairs in right relation to God and your fellows. In meditation, you achieve oneness with God mind. That's why we do it, to be open to the divine plan for us, the divine law of mind in action. So we, the body is the physical side of the divine law. Pay attention to the body's needs. She says, don't fail to remember the body is the temple for the use of the Holy Spirit. Believe in lack or darkness or time constraints causes us to do things that are not good for the body. Again, she wrote this back in 1936. She says, you should not whip your body into submission when it disobeys. Prayerfully seek understanding of the soul's need, bring ourselves in harmony with the God mind. She says, sometimes we focus on success too much and that can harm the body. Turn your attention to God. Have a willingness to make adjustments to meet the needs of the body. The body responds to changes in your mind. Better living habits are important. The true ideas of life and power and love is what we need to be focusing on. We must see the life of God in our flesh, Every thought of flesh other than as God's pure substance congests and irritates the body. God in the midst of us is mighty when we look toward him in faith. He binds up, harmonizes, and strengthens whatever places need to be readjusted and restored. Full of faith, cooperate with the restoring principle. God's work of restoration never ceases. Let us think of ourselves as already manifesting perfection in mind, soul, and body, and give thanks that divine order is established. So Charles also wrote quite a bit about the body temple. He says, the law is that my body is transformed by the renewing of my mind. By affirmation, the mind lays whole of living words of truth and builds them into the body. As I enter into and abide in the Son of God consciousness, I have eternal life and my body is transformed into pure flesh, manifesting the perfection of the spirit. I bless my body temple and declare its purity and strength and beauty. I pour out upon my body the oil of love and clothe it in the garments of praise. Just think that's so wonderful. So this all started because I woke up Monday and I wasn't feeling very well. And Monday I'm a little bit tired because Sunday's a very big day, but I also have a big day Monday. So I have several clients that I speak with and then I work uh, a part-time my part-time job and then I had more clients at night and so when I woke up I felt um, this is going to be challenging but I know I can handle it I can drink some coke I've recently started drinking coke again for my stomach and I realized okay that's got caffeine I can drink some coke I can push myself through I can take some excedrin and um, the excedrin will have caffeine in it and it has aspirin and acetaminophen I can push myself through and it's going to be all right I can do this and now is my time for meditation so I went into my meditation and when I came out of my meditation, what I got was, I think you have it totally backwards. I think you've got it 100% wrong. What if you've got it totally backwards? What if it's about allowing your body to just be and not forcing it? What about letting go and letting God and just getting through the day without pushing and forcing? What if pushing actually makes it worse? 
So anxiety causes us to not think clearly. Um, Burton Kaplan is a magnificent violin teacher in New York, very, very well known. And what he would teach us was, it wasn't about the technique. It wasn't about watching your fingers and watching your wrist and watching your elbow and making sure your bow arm. It wasn't about focusing on and controlling. It was about hearing in your mind the sound that you wanted to produce. And the lesson that I learned from him was it's about the outcome that you want. Visualize, hear the sound that you want. Do not force your fingers to move faster. Do not do not force everything to happen, just allow it to happen. And he was just such a brilliant teacher about allowing. And I thank him. And, and, and I understand that that lesson is applicable to all parts of our lives. So much of the time, we need to force solution. We try to force solutions and it's not the best way to go at all. So our body is not a machine. Uh, we hear endless stories of high achievers having nervous breakdowns or having physical breakdowns and ending up in the hospital. What about listening to our intuition more? When our body says stop, stop. It's about allowing. I've gotten back to taking naps. I'm also scheduling playtime to go to my favorite places and eat my favorite foods. Allowing is also about shutting up more and just listening shutting up with other people and shutting up with myself and just listening and allowing, not having to have the answers all the time. Don't try to have the answers and force them when they're not coming easily. It's about humility, knowing that my job is not to solve the, every single problem that is brought to my attention. It's much more my job to trust God and to allow things to just unfold. The notion of slowing down to accomplish more is magical. When I relax in the knowing that God is in charge and I just have to show up and do my best, I'm doing my best. I'm not pushing myself to exhaustion. You know, I ended up in the hospital a couple of years ago. I think I've told this story. I had a ruptured spleen and I was in the ICU for several days and I had uh, painkillers being pumped into me and I was really grateful to be there because I was allowed to not work. And it felt so good to be totally off the hook from all of my responsibilities. That's not right. You shouldn't have to end up in the ICU to be able to be free from the weight of your obligations. You should be able to just make a choice to slow down. My new goal is to get to the place where I say, I've done enough today. No more work. Now I get to relax and do something that feels like play, reading, artwork, sewing, creating. Life is meant to be a joy. We always say that we want to be happy, joyous, and free. Let's stop pushing ourselves so hard. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me speaking words of wisdom. Let it be. Let's just allow ourselves to be. And so it is. Remember at all times, the power is in you. It always has been, and it always will be. I have opened up the comment section, so if anybody has anything to say at all, please go ahead and put something in the comments, and I will get back to you. Thank you so much. I send you with many blessings.